Hey guys, Rajiv Nathan from IDLM in here. Before we start the podcast, I want to just quickly thank you for being a loyal listener to our show and let you know that we have opened up enrollment for a brand new program called the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. It's a 10-week online program designed to take the types of things we talk about on this show and actually help you apply them in your life. It's an idea factory for you where you are able to actually do something with those ideas. You know how you always say, I've got so many ideas, I just don't know which one to pick. Or I have this really cool idea, I just don't know how to get started. Or man, I wish I had a really good idea. We've created an online program designed to help you bring that idea up to life by showing you how to find your unique voice, find the right audience, brand it, and build it. So if you're interested in joining our program, it is the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, a 10-week online program. We begin on January 3rd, and enrollment is open until December 31st of this year, 2015. So hop over to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com to enroll. If you have any questions about the program, you can email getfresh at idealemon.com. All right, on to the show. This is going to be both podcast slash me just like gushing about the studio. Like I'm pretty sure by the end of this, you're going to end up buying the $30 deal. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Wait a second now. You can't tell me it's wrong. When I'm trying to be free as this song. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to podcast. Welcome everybody to Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I am the co-founder of Idea Lemon, co-host of this show. I'm alongside my co-founder and co-host Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the show where we have kick-ass conversations with dope-ass people, baby. What I mean by that is every episode, we sit down with an artist, entrepreneur, or musician and have a question, or have a conversation rather, about the important life questions that help us all get a better handle on just what the hell we're doing out here. In this episode, we sit down with Robin French, someone who's become a friend of mine over this past year. Robin is the owner of Bare Feet Power Yoga, the best, I repeat, the best yoga studio in Chicago. It is located in Chicago's West Loop neighborhood. The reason why I call it the best is because Robin has built an amazing community around the studio, something that I'm very proud and honored to be a part of. With that said, our conversation is around... How do you build a strong community? We dive a lot into the practice of yoga in this one naturally, but really it's largely about how do we connect with people and just how do you find communities and how do you build communities? Let's dive right in now to our conversation with Robin French, owner of Bare Feet Power Yoga, where we discuss how do you build a strong community? Let's listen in. And that's really what I feel like this has done for me is this place where even though I have to leave home to get here, I feel like I'm arriving at home when I am here. And I think it's pretty amazing that all that can be said out of a yoga studio. See, I already told you, this is like the first 45 seconds and I'm, I'm gushing. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Enough on me, let's talk on me. What, what do you think of me? <laughs> um, and, and it's like a combination of like, I think serendipity, actually doing things intentionally and just having good people who happen to live in the neighborhood. But 
Like when you look at what it's been, what three years now? Yeah, a little over three years. Three years. So when you look at what's happened over the last three years, like how do you see how this has come together from when you started and you were the only teacher right. to now, like you know, ten teachers probably in five classes a day? Absolutely. So it feels like it's been here forever, and at the same time, it's gone by so fast. So like when I do look back and think about when I first opened my doors, you know, I just wanted to get people in the studio. Um, and I have to say that some of those initial relationships that I created, I still have. And I think the reason behind that is like when I first did open, there was like classes with one person, with two people. Like I was pumped when I had like four people in a class, you know? <laughs> and so I got to right away create relationships with everybody that walked through my door and like pretty personal relationships too, because often it was just like me and them in the space together doing some yoga. Um, so I think that right away helped to set a foundation for um, the community and the vibe of the studio that I am trying to create. Um, it certainly didn't, I didn't open the doors and get flooded in with traffic. The studio built itself that over time. That was perfect. Traffic went by. As you said, that was <laughs> um, but like the studio definitely grew over time. And I have to say, one of the things that started making a big difference in um, the the shift of the studio and just the the sweet community and um, creation of it is the people that came. Not only from the students' perspective, like who walked through the door to take yoga classes, but also the people that that then were taking classes that became teachers, right? And just everybody that comes into the studio I think has the freedom to be themselves and I think that's pretty rare um, I think that's one of the things that has helped bare feet flourish is we accept everyone that walks through the door as they are um, and I think a lot of places we go nowadays like there's there can be like a mask that we feel like we need to wear like we need to be a certain person at our job versus at our home or with certain friends or in front of your boss that sort of a thing and I think that we've really stayed true to who we are. Like I give my teachers full permission to say what they want to say, to be oh, who yes. they are. Yeah. <laughs> You've taken some classes here. Yeah. There's no filter. <laughs> but I think that in turn creates a really just like wonderful environment that people see that and they're, they're inspired by it and it just gives them the freedom to show up as they are, you know, and to leave as they are. It's been the big thing that I've heard about <clears throat> your studio, which... Um, I did yoga for about a year and a half at a studio in the West Loop, and I, River I, I yeah, this is West Loop. sorry, yeah, River North, and I really enjoyed the place, but there wasn't much outside of like go in, sit down, do the thing, and leave. And I find it funny that you, your shirt says "Shut up and flow," um, <laughs> because in in most of the places that I've done yoga, it's been like, yeah, just shut up and do your work. But I feel like you probably have a different message <laughs> than what I initially pictured in my head. Absolutely. Talk flow. Pose. Talk flow. Right. <laughs> play, play some rap music. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, where did the idea from the shirt come? So it's actually created um, by one of my teachers. Okay. So she started to um, create this class. We just call it Power Vinyasa. And she had this wonderful idea. She's like, I'm going to play music without lyrics. And we are just going to flow through the sun salutations, one breath per pose. Like, that's it. No holding, just moving. So really, we're going to shut up and we're going to flow. 
Um, and I took her class, and I had no idea she was going to do that. And she's like, welcome to Shut Up and Flow. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? And I have to say, the first time I took it, like, I mean, I had an experience was like, I really want this to be done right now. Like, I want to hold the pose for a little while. How many of these sun salutations are we going to do? And then once I got through it, I was like, wow, that was really amazing. You know, just to really be able to be in that state of, of complete flow where it's hard for you to think about anything else because you're constantly moving your body and connecting breath to it. Um, that it gives you like this sense of, of space within your mind, space from all the chatter. So that was one of my teachers. Yeah. Her name is Aaron I, Smith. I, I never realized that there's no or there's no words in the songs in that class. Totally. But that's because I'm just shut up, shutting up and flowing myself. Exactly. Right? exactly. And that's like, I mean, they're all hard classes, but that one is like. Whew. I think so. Too. Yeah. <laughs> First time I, I took that, so. one, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But the thing about it is, it's it's accessible. So yeah. it's it's hard from the standpoint of you're moving for you know 20, 30 minutes solid, um, but you're not doing anything that an average person can't access. Like we're not asking you to hold handstands. We're not asking you to do all these crazy arm balances. It's you're doing very basic movements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think cool. so I think the big thing with um, I think what you really said there that was interesting and I think holds true for I think any strong community is the ability to just let people be as they are. Because when it's not that case, then what you're building is a cult, right? <laughs> when you're saying you have to be this to be part of this it's like uh-huh. it's either a club or it's a cult and cult is the negative connotation club is like the exclusive VIP whatever you want to put under it but that's essentially I think what's happening when you say you have to be of this like you know how I get pissed off at Untitled when they don't let me in because I'm not wearing dress shoes but yeah. I have like good looking sneakers on sure. I'm like okay so you want person of this look and this whatever this mold and you don't want anyone else walking through your doors which I guess if they're trying to create that atmosphere is fine but I, I don't know. I have, I have issues with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that yoga is something that is different in that respect. Like, so if, if, it, if it is untitled and they want to have a really strict dress code, they can certainly do that. But I think if a yoga studio did that, I don't know that it would be received in a way that was positive, right? Like, people want to come to untitled, right? Yeah. Um, and they like the exclusivity of it, um, whether or not it makes you upset or whatever it is but like for yoga um yoga is something that unites us all right it's something that brings everyone together and not only from a sense of like uh, connecting with each other um, but also like connecting at a deeper level with yourself and i think that if we started to put this exclusivity on the people that walk through the doors it would not be yoga anymore you know it would be this, like you said, like more like a cult or we only allow X, Y, and Z people to walk through our door. Whereas yoga in the broader sense is welcoming anyone yeah. and everyone regardless. Yeah, but I think even in that sense though, I think there are different, I don't know veil is the right word, but different ways that exclusivity can be executed at, at sure. yoga studios and even gyms or whatever. But like, it's very true. Martin, we've talked before and I've, I've told you how the reason why I realized after coming here for a few months that I never stuck with yoga prior to coming here was because every other place I tried, it felt very sterile when I walked in. It was like, don't talk to anyone, everyone's trying to zen out. I think I told you that studio in Seattle that we went to had like a 
sign that said, don't unfurl your mat loudly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, whatever. I guess that's just them creating their own rules and to each their own or whatever. But I think in, that's almost like the dress code of the of, of yoga studios is like, these are these, I think they called them like the Ten Commandments. Only where you Lululemon. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I had to go yeah. buy myself some Lululemon. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice tights, though. <laughs> But those, I think those kinds of things do exist just in different ways. And actually, I do think there are some studios where you probably feel like you have to like almost dress up to go. There. Not like in like a club way, but like right. if you're not wearing the right outfit, you might feel out of place, which I know is not the sense here. That's called mom we, yoga? That's yeah. Like, <laughs> is that a thing? It's uh, the real mom, well, house, no, housewife. Yeah. I don't know. I'm making something up. The real housewife <laughs> yoga? Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's very true, and I've been to studios where they do have a lit, like like you said, like a list of um, this is what to do when you're in this space. Respect the space. Be mm-hmm. quiet. No talking. Um, I actually went to a studio, and I did not see that sign, and, you know, I thought it was going to be, like, a, a place similar to, like, what I've created or what I've been used to um, in the past. So I started, like, talking to someone, and they were, like, very short responses. <laughs> What's going on? You know? <laughs> like, cool. I'm not supposed to be talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And one of the things that we do after all classes is we clap, which does not happen in every yoga studio. Very few, I find. Yeah? So, like, it's, it's a Baptiste thing. I was um, – my background is in Baptiste Power Vinyasa Yoga, and they clap after every practice. It's a way to, like, celebrate what you've just done, come together one more time, and close it all out. And I was taking a class, and this is – like, so Baptiste is where I started. Um, I was going to a studio really regularly. And then I said, like, I want to try some other places. Like, yoga is very much what I want to do, so let's see what else is out there. And I remember going to a class, and at the end, I started, like, like oh. And I was the only one getting ready to so class. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just kidding. <laughs> so it's true. Like, every studio has their own vibe. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it goes into the intention. Like, what is the intention you're trying to set with the yeah. space? And for me, I just, like, I look at yoga as something that welcomes all, that brings us together. And that's definitely what I want to create. And not only that, but, like, something that's fun. Um, something that is is playful. Because we are often very serious throughout the day. Right? We have um, a lot of us, like, very serious jobs and not the opportunity to, like, be playful and stand on your hands or laugh, right? Um, Laugh in a class when a teacher has a joke or whatever it is. Or like Um, Meredith yesterday, she was like, just on three, yell out your favorite Halloween candy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, and maybe in a sense, like, is that yoga? Yeah, I think it absolutely is. One, like you're using your voice. It's like, you're not necessarily like chanting ohm, but you're the vibration mm-hmm. of whatever you're calling out is doing something to your body and you're connecting, yeah. you know? Well, and I remember I was talking to my dad about this one because I was trying to explain to him that things are different here. Than, and he doesn't, he practices just in like the living room cool. every morning Very on his cool. own, you know? And what he was saying was, because I was like, yeah, you know, they play like sometimes like rap or R&B or just like modern music and it's more of like a, you know, like a fun atmosphere. And he was like, well... Are they getting the true essence of like the intention of the poses and the practice in the first place? And I was like, well, but I, maybe, but I think what's more important is like, how can you assume that what you're getting out of your own practice is the same that what everyone else is getting out of it? And that like there's the same need for like, 
with, with my, my dad's need for yoga is the same for like someone else's in this studio's need for yoga mm-hmm. and that's what I think is where a lot of people whether it's exercise based or anything when you think about like what are we trying to build or what community do we want to build um, I think there's too much getting caught up on what it should or what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to be versus well what do I want to do with this and what might people actually want what's my own voice yeah well and that's why there's room for hundreds of different studios doing mm-hmm. hundreds of different things like you said every single one has their own vibe and part of what you're doing by putting your own vibe in the room is inviting the people who have that vibe but also pushing away the people that don't like if you have someone come in who's like you know the real housewife yoga studio person she might not like that vibe so she won't come back and that's cool and that's yeah. how you build a following that makes sense to what you want mm-hmm. instead of what other people want and I think that um, you know it's just as important to know who maybe shouldn't fit or not shouldn't fit but like who would be turned off by what you do as, as it is to know who would be turned on by yeah. that's, a, that's a really key point because it's like those first four <clears throat> students you had right it's like, well, okay, I like the, the these four. So then naturally, like, you get four more who are also like that. Sure. And then they tell their friends and so on and so forth. And, yeah, to your point, it's like just naturally, like, that same mold that you want to have. And, again, you're not being exclusive by any means, but the exclusivity you're creating is non-exclusivity. Yeah. Or, like, like attracts like. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's true anywhere that you go. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at an Equinox ad, like, how high-end it looks and all the... I don't... I've never been to an Equinox, but, like... They, they no, purposely yeah, make like, it yeah. that way <laughs> right. because it attracts those people. Like, those people wouldn't feel comfortable in a different mm-hmm. space. So that's why it's there. Same as with the purple gym that's out there now. Like, that's a very certain look. It's not going to attract the Equinox people. That's the whole point of yeah. finding the right community for the right space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, um, what, and this is something that when we were, um, our friend Ben, we were helping him develop his personal brand last year, and... Like one day he emailed us, he was like, I want to build a community. He, he helps um, he helps entrepreneurs um, master habits, or po- with, with positive habit formation, I should say. Um, so originally last year he was like, I want to build a community with this stuff. And we were like, well, pump the brakes. Great in theory, but first focus on doing something right for one person, and naturally things will grow from there. But... I, th- I think I've seen a lot of people have this I want to build a community I want to change the world like right off the bat which it's like you have to Im- impact one person's life before you can impact hundreds thousands even dozens of people um, when you went into bare feet originally was your mindset like I just need to get like a handful of people in to do this class <laughs> yeah. or was it like I'm taking over the West Loop <laughs> no it was like well, I mean, I looked at it from a very much a business perspective, and it's like, okay, I would love it if five people came to every single class. Yeah. So it was like, and I, I knew that I wanted to start small. One, like I didn't have a budget to go out there and like throw out all these marketing dollars. And two, I think that growing from within is a really powerful way to grow. And so like, I, that's why I was the only teacher at first. I wanted to keep my overhead very low. And I knew that it was going to start small. And then my hope was to grow into something bigger. I, I, I have to say, like, I never knew that this is the scale that it would grow to, which is really pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, and I think that it does start with that one person, just like you said. It does. Like, you touch one person, 
And then they're going to share that with others, mm -hmm. right? They're going to touch others, and it's going to give you opportunity to touch more and more people um, over time. Who was your first regular? So I had this couple. Um, their names are Matthew and Elizabeth Corbin, and they still come. But they Shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they moved to London. Um, but like, they still show but up they once a week. Show up. They still like, show up. They're not like they're not ours in for sure. <laughs> yeah. When they're in town, they come to the studio. They were just here this weekend. Nice. Yep. Totally. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was. And then actually, so they were my first like regulars, and then my very first client. I remember it was six thirty a.m. on a Monday morning, and I was just I was on my bike here, and I was like, I hope somebody shows up. <laughs> and I got to the studio, and a woman came in, Kate. She still comes here. Um, she's a member and I remember it was her and I and I was like, thank you so much for showing up. You wait, know, Kate that lives up, wait. Yep. The one that I was just right down the street. Yep. Yep. Right? I don't know her last name. Yep. Yeah, Handley. That's funny. Handley? Yeah, I think is I think how you so. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> yep. She was my very first like paying client. Yeah. Well, yesterday was my first time meeting her even though we've seen each other a bunch. We just sure. never talked to each other and she happened to know. My friend who I brought here for the first time, like, they're in a running club together. Sweet. So then it was like, yeah, like, but those kind of connections start to happen, too. Where it's like, oh, you go here, too? No way. Yeah. Totally. You go to someone else. And then it's like, now that audience starts to come into it, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think with, um, so you mentioned that you were just like, I just want to get, like, a handful of people here, and I just hope they show up, right? <laughs> uh, I think, and you're like, intentionally, I wanted to start small. What's really key with that is, and this is the same thing with, um, with under 30 experiences, the travel. I've talked mm -hmm. to you about them, and they're a travel community. And I always, like, I keep, I always tell people, like, Bare Feet and Under 30 are the only two, like, entities I know of that say they're a community and actually are a community. Like, McDonald's will tell you to join their community, but it's asking you to like their Facebook page, right. and that's it. You know, it's not a community. <laughs> um, and I think what under 30 did really well as as well was like they're at the point where next year they're doing what, 100 trips which is two trips every That's week cool. of the year basically they started out with four this was three years ago they started out with four and they got the core and then they went to 13 last year and they did they're doing like 45 this year wow but in that first four and then the next 13 they got down the core elements of like what are these trips really about? Like, what types of people do we want? on Because the whole thing is like, if you bring drama to the table, we don't want you on our trips. This is like stress-free for everyone, and we just want people to enjoy themselves. Um, but they, they got down first, like, really, what are these trips about, and what do we want to represent before saying, like, now they're at the point of, let's expand to 100. But now when they expand to 100, the integrity is still intact in every one of those hundred trips. Just like, even though there's, you know, 42 person classes that are happening now where we're six across yeah. in there, the integrity and the, I think the original value is still intact of what you were going for, right? Absolutely. And I think you guys, both companies grew <clears throat> by having their users become part of the company. So you yes. said your teachers started as um, participants and the same thing for U30X. That all, That's true, know, yeah. Everyone that works there is someone who was a fan in the first place. Yeah, they, so. yeah, they went on a trip and they said, how can I get involved? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is really key in creating a community. Um, and I think that it's a little more work because you have to wait for people to be ready. You know, um, like 
you have to build real fans. You do. You do. Like, you it don't takes more time. Yeah. yeah. You don't just Absolutely. put out a paid media. But then they, you know, they kind of grow up in the culture that you've created. They understand it. Um, and they want to be a part of it. So I think that, and especially, too, one of the things that I found is giving people a chance to get their start makes them forever loyal. Yeah. You know? Um, because the first time you teach a yoga class, it's not going to be, like, the hundredth time you, you teach a yoga class, right? There are going to be things that are probably a little bit messy, um, which from a business perspective, like I could see someone looking at that and be like, well, I don't want that to happen. You know, I, I need all my classes to, to be um, clean and successful, whatever that means to them. But to give somebody the ability to start and to put their passion, like to play, is so invaluable, mm-hmm. really. Um, because then they're, they are the brand. My teachers are the bare feet brand, you know, and then they're, they're spreading it out in the world and bringing people in. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful. It takes was more time. It, was it really hard good. at all giving up that control or separating yourself? Yeah. Cause you were talking to someone earlier today <laughs> about how like when it's just you and you are the brand, you are the company, like you're so emotionally invested in that because everything the company does is what you've done and so on and so forth. But as you've grown, like what's that separation yeah, so I mean, I think that it was very hard for me to let some things go. Um, I liked to have control over pretty much everything. Uh, She's as detail oriented as you are. You should see the binder. She has her, her <laughs> yeah. opening studio. <laughs> very organized. But <laughs> 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 I think it's good in running a business, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you have those skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Oh, where are we going with that? Giving up control. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, I think that I just realized my people are really good. Um, and I learned to just trust them. And, I, I mean, I can't say I didn't trust them right away. Like, I've always trusted everybody that I've brought in to do a good job. But at the same time, like, I kind of like to make sure, like, they're doing things the way that I, I want them to be done, right? But um, in a sense... Different for teaching classes, but, like, just running the whole business, um, if that makes sense. But once I really let them, like, okay, I trust them, go. And then it's really nice for me, too, because it creates more balance in my life, you know? And I think part of that is really just having people that I can trust as part of my team. Yeah. And that was the same thing. I remember, I remember talking to Matt at Under 30 Experiences, because um, originally he went on all the trips. Mm-hmm. Through last year, he was going on all the trips. It was only at the probably around March of this year that because they got started doing so many that he can't go on all of them and he had to start like building out a staff and letting other people lead trips while he you know the best stays thing on to have Absolutely. yeah exactly yeah. yeah and I remember I can't thinking, teach all the <laughs> 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 oh no and I remember talking to him I was like was that hard to you know because it's your baby right to right. have to like let that go and this was over like summer when him and I were talking and he was like yeah but I also think I was ready because the demands get so high that you don't want it to become unenjoyable anymore mm-hmm. because it's, it like becomes that stressful if you have to do everything. And then the, what I also was worrying about was like, but is, now are the trips affected if you're not on them? And I was like, but the people who, only the people who went on the trips that he, were on, he was on know that he was on the trips. True. So anyone from that point where he's like, I'm going to scale back, they don't know like, that he really, again, they know he exists, but like, they don't know what trip with Matt is like if they've never been on trip with Matt before. And, it, and because I think well, and that's to say there's no value in 
I mean, there is just as much value in a trip with Courtney as there is in a trip with Matt. It's yeah. just different experiences, yeah. just like any one of your classes with any one of your teachers. It just gives people more things to try, more uh, experiences to have. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, even and to bring it back to your studio, like, I know Allie's class is going to be wildly different than Bradshaw's class. Like, I actually Absolutely. told both of them in the last week, I was like, I figured it out in the last couple of weeks. I was like, Bradshaw's class, like, Bradshaw, when I come to your class, it's going to be like a circus. Like, we're going to do, like, headstands, we're going to do handstands, you're going to be like, bitch, like, get your feet off the ground, I won't accept you not doing that. I have my money. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, Allie, your classes, while we will go upside down, is when I'm going to be punished for not practicing the basics the other six days of the week. Right. And she was like, yeah, that's a pretty good assessment of it, because she focuses on, like, while you still get playful with it, it's like, like, her rock your core class will rock your core, you know? Absolutely. And... Her style is different than his, and they're both fun and awesome in their own right, but it's like, I remember there there have been days where I'm like, I need an alley class today because she's bringing this to the table for me. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's one of the great things, too, because people, you know, vibe with other people better, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we definitely have people who come mostly for Allie's classes or mostly for Bradshaw's classes. But then they kind of sprinkle around and go to the other teachers as well because everybody that teaches here is pretty fantastic. We are probably going to have somebody that you just jive with a little bit more than somebody else. And that might not be true for everybody. Some people truly just come to whatever class works for them and love the experience that they get. But I do see a lot of people like regularly attending a certain teacher's classes. Absolutely. I think another thing, too, that has worked, I guess we're just going to keep talking about here and under 30, <laughs> but again, they're the two communities that I know of best and, and support the most. Um, what uh, under 30 does really well, too, so everyone who goes on a trip becomes part of this Facebook group, and there's this big alumni Facebook group, which is now somewhere around five, 600 people, and it started with obviously like four to eight, because that was what they did at the beginning. But... There was a time, I think it was earlier this year, Matt sent a message out to the group and was like, hey guys, how can we help you? Like, how can under 30 help you in your career, in your life, whatever you're doing? And I was, I remember thinking, I was like, man, that's really cool that the company asked, how can we help you guys back? Like, you've been giving us all this money going on these trips, how can we help you now? Um, which I rarely see like an actual give and take when a business says we have a community or whatever, when businesses have customers outside of selling them the, the goods or the products kind of ends there like it's just a transaction um but what they did with that and then what you guys do here it's like well we're gonna have a yoga slam like a talent show right like Mm -hmm. let's give everyone who wants to an opportunity to just showcase anything they want to about themselves um and that kind of stuff is what kind of just feeds the energy and makes more it makes it about more than just like this is where i go to get my exercise in for the day it's like no this is where i go to have fun too and then again people who come to this yoga slam they're going to tell their friends about it who might not be members of the studio either. So now those people are getting a taste of what it's like to come here. Absolutely. Well, and go back to what you had said. It was, it's to get in touch with yourself and with others. Like, that's kind of how you view yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, to be more in touch with yourself. And if tapping those other parts of your life gets you more in touch with yourself, then it's all fair game. Yeah. And I think knowing, knowing what your intention is, which is how you put it earlier, it's <laughs> like, with... With under 30, he's going to ask, like, what can I do to help you with your side projects in his most recent email? Yeah. Because his his whole thing is about life's, like, living differently, like, according to his podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it really does come from knowing that piece first, because otherwise you're just kind of 
throwing things out for no reason. Like, and people are like, I, I know I've been on lists where they'll ask questions. I'm like, why does that have anything to do with your business? Or, like, that's not why I follow you guys kind of yeah. thing. It's been, like, out of left field. And so <clears throat> when you kind of got into yoga... Um, did you already kind of have yourself figured out and all oh. that? Or like, when did you sort of come to the realization that that was your intention when you came to yoga and things like that? I think that for me it was when I went to my first teacher training. So, and that was pretty soon after I started practicing yoga. I was practicing yoga um, because I wanted exercise, right? So I was an athlete in college and I've always loved movement. Swam, right? I swam, yep. Um, and I was doing triathlons and marathons post-college, and one of my girlfriends who we would run together um, every once in a while was opening up a studio, and so I was like, okay, I'll support you. Like, I'll come to your classes. Um, let's see what this is like. And I didn't fall in love with it right away, but I knew that it was something that I felt better doing, um, and I didn't necessarily know why that was, um, but I would just keep coming to classes, and I was really infrequent when I first started practicing. I'd be there like six days and then I would take like a month off mm -hmm. and then be there like once a week and then twice a week, whatever it was. But I do remember looking at her and seeing how she was running her business and living her life and teaching these amazing classes. I was like, I feel like I want to do something like that. So I talked to her and um, then I signed up for a teacher training. And I guess I went into the teacher training, like, not with the expectation, like, I'm going to open a studio. But it was like, maybe I'll sub some classes and, like, see how this goes. And I went to my first teacher training, and it just, it blew my mind. Like, it was, to this day, probably the most powerful experience. <laughs> Dogs love our studio, too. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing that helps. Sorry. We always have dogs yeah. crashing our podcasts. Yeah. Hey. Oh, everybody. <laughs> Another thing that helps a good community yeah. is dogs it's walking. It's the dogs. <laughs> yeah. hey, Charlie, I don't know if they have any. It looks like they do. I'll get you one of them. You want to bark for the podcast? Can you yeah. sit? Can you sit? Oh, give it to him first. This guy? Yeah, you're good. Oh. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Bye, sweeties. All right, checkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Found the box. Come on, get to work. Let's go. Uh, gotta go. Gotta leave. Come on. <laughs> Dogs love it in here. Yeah, why <laughs> is it? Do. do they like, smell the treats oh. from the outside? I, well, I think one, they remember they get treats when they come oh, in. Yeah. Two, they like the smell of like people. Mm. And like, I don't know, I feel like this just has good people. vibes. Yeah, yeah good vibes and My sweat. dog loves the smell of feet and this place is called Fairfield. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think they've got to smell the sweat. Yeah, you know, probably. for sure. Sweat and treats, like, oh my god. <laughs> There's a salt <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> what? Um, what were we talking about before? My first, the, when I yeah, was yeah. like yoga, just like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, there was this training that, um, I have to say, like, I honestly didn't learn much about how to teach the poses, um, but I learned so much about what yoga can do, just in terms of, like, understanding a little more about your mind, about your life, and how to separate the stories that we create in our mind versus the reality of what is actually going on in life. Um, and through that whole experience, there was so much connection with one another. Um, it was, yes, it's a very individual process. Um, we all have different things that we're working through and that is going on. But it was like in this group of, I think there were like a hundred of us, 
and in this really supportive group, you were able to get to that that place of like, um, well, it was very spiritual, but also just like freedom from self doubt and whatever it is that's that's happening in your mind, just to this like really wonderful place um, together. Um, and this just, I left and I was like, oh my god, this is what I want to do. Like, I have to share this with people. This is just amazing. Yeah. So that's for me when it really started. And it wasn't something like I went and then all of a sudden I was like changed forever. Like my old habits come back in. They always do. But now I have so much more awareness yeah. around like what it is that I'm doing that maybe isn't helping me to leave, like to move forward or is like holding myself back. And now I can identify those things easier, like the stress and the worry. That's all mental right and start to separate a little bit more of that just to live a really powerful life well i mean just hearing what you guys are talking about with how each teacher gets their own personality and everyone can be themselves here like i think exactly what you're saying that group dynamic that's non-judgmental and that's what you're saying like there's no uniform right if there's a uniform people will be judgmental that you're not in uniform Mm -hmm. but if there's no uniform you can actually all be in a place where there's no judgment, which is really what shuts our brain down from actually trying to get past what we're supposed to be doing to what we want to be doing. Yeah. And I think that like we all seek community or seek groups. Belonging. Just, right? Yeah, always. Absolutely. Like everyone is always seeking some sort of group. That's why people miss college. That's why people miss all sorts of things. And I think um, just like you know, we're all we're all seeking that. And so I mean, we've done the same thing. That's why Idea Lemon started. It right. was, oh, we think the same? Cool. Are there more people that think this way? Uh, let's hold some events. Maybe yeah. people will come to those. And some people showed up. And then let's do this. And, yeah. um, like, I think that was my first real experience. And then prior to that, or uh, of building my own, but prior to that, being an RA, I think, was a really eye-opening one because so many people from, I mean, yeah, there was judgment. And people, it was still college. Like, everyone's kind of figuring their shit out. But um, the fact that everyone there was kind of like didn't know what they were doing opened people up to being more honest with each other and then um but i think for the most part those are really hard communities to find so like this teacher training is one was one of the big eye-opening ones but were you guys ever part of communities like outside of that outside of yoga that you guys have seen be really connecting and and opened you up in that way for me sports teams yeah so yeah so i went to college and became was a swimmer so immediately it was just there were 22 other women that were my family right away it was just they just like welcomed you in and this is like great you have 21 friends we're gonna take care of you um yeah i mean it was a really powerful experience for me um and i have to say like so and i moved around a lot growing up too so um lived several different places was never in a place for longer than like four years at a time um, and so it wasn't so something like college like 10 times over before yeah. you went to college <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right but that was like a little harder for me to, to create like a really powerful community and like when I was there I had really great friends but then I would move and there would be a new set of friends um, never really like part of something great but sports for me were always something that just like brought a sense of community yeah mm-hmm. mine's the same I mean my mind immediately went to my high school track team because that was something where we, I mean, it's running, but there's different events that are going on. So you, like, you support each other in your respective events. And there's the relay teams where you're combining forces. 
and it's like everyone has their unique strengths, but you're all pulling because our team was like a lot of. I know there's a lot of track teams that are out there that don't have a team vibe to them because it's people have their own events. Mm-hmm. Our team was different, I think, because we were going at like a common goal and like win conference, win the sectional title, and place in state, which we did all of those things, which was awesome. Um, and I know, like me specifically, I've kind of always been like this. I'm like. I've been like the common bond between several groups of people. So like I'm like an ion. I take like protons and electrons. <laughs> <laughs> Both can attach to me. <laughs> wow, I take them back to high school. <laughs> <laughs> I think an ion is a neutral charge. Um, That's not a spreadsheet. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so I also know a lot of track teams, like the distance runners don't really talk to the sprinters. And I was this like in-between guy where like, my best fr- some of my best friends were distance runners like even outside of track or I guess because of track some of my best friends were distance runners but then some of my best friends were also sprinters and so because I was just this like I love everyone kind of thing I think I was able to help contribute to like this is a this is one team and it doesn't matter if they if this guy runs the mile this guy runs the 200 we're all going to help each other and support each other and then I know when I went to college I ran track for a year at DePaul and it was like the exact opposite where I was shocked that some of the sprinters didn't know some of the names of the people who were distance runners I was like how do you how have you never talked to this guy before and I've been here for like two weeks and I know his name uh so that that like blew me away and even within that it's like because I think also in college you become at that level you become so specialized in your event that like even like the 100 meter dash guys aren't practicing really outside of the group warm up at the beginning. They're not even really practicing with the 400 or 800 meter guys. So even within that, you get this like division of, of labor and division of like attention. And I mean, for several reasons, I quit after my first year in college, but uh, one of them was like, I know a contributing factor was it just doesn't feel like it's like a group thing anymore. And that's, and kind of after coming to this studio here is what I've realized has been like the common thread in everything I've enjoyed before was, oh, there are other people involved too. Like, I remember like when I was younger, my parents encouraged me to play tennis. It's like an Indian parent thing that like, they want all their kids to play tennis. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's because it's like a highbrow sport and they see it on TV. It's like, yeah, and for considering we've had so many conversations about tennis, <laughs> I've never heard about this tennis. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so for whatever reason, like, Indian parents love if their kids play tennis. And I took some lessons as a kid, but it, I didn't stick with it. Uh-huh. And I think because with that, I always saw it as, like, an individual sport, whereas anything else I didn't enjoy. Like, I like playing basketball because I'm on the court with four other people. Baseball, it's a team sport. And even track, individual, but, like, I made it into a team sport, and I was a relay guy. So even then, like, my event was running with other people. Um, and then coming here versus other studios, yoga studios, there's no team or community aspect. Like, one of the best classes I've ever taken here was Trevor's class. Um, he did some, like, he's like, we're going to do, like, a Star Wars Jedi mind trick style class. <laughs> and he's like, by the end, you'll graduate with your Jedi certificate. He was, like, messing around. And we, it was crazy intense. There was, I think, eight or nine of us in the class because it was a night, it was, like, a 915 yeah. class or whatever. And we all held Warrior Two for six minutes which is insane, right? Yeah, like your, your shoulders time. are on fire. And it was funny because he's like, 
the, the song that played was Gloria Estefan's Get On Your Feet and like one other and like we're all still like this the whole time but I remember feeling so good coming out of that because I was like no we all like all nine of us did that and I know if it was just me in the studio and I was like I'm gonna hold my arms out like this for six minutes I would have been done after 45 seconds but I feed so much off of like well this person hasn't dropped yet so I'm not gonna drop yet and I want to make sure the person next to me doesn't drop so I'm not gonna drop um, that's really and then the X-Wing rose out of the swamp <laughs> <laughs> and some Ewoks ran in so so yeah but that, that for on Tatooine come on <laughs> that for me I know like I've realized in the last several months is everything that's really been important to me like not just athletically, but that have involved accomplishments, I've realized how oh, other people have been involved in that. Like, even the TED Talk, right? Like, when I gave that, it was like, well, I gave that, but five other people also contributed to help me write and revise the speech, so it was more like, well, five of us gave that. So I gave it to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so my question is, all right, so I've always been someone who, I never really did team sports at all. I mean, I was on team sports, I never enjoyed it, because um, I was terrible, but... It, for someone who is kind of introverted and who maybe doesn't get comfortable in those situations quickly, um, I think one of the things when building a community is, you know, you can focus on the people that are the most outgoing and are there every time and, you know, they're going to be successful anyway, kind of a thing. Mm. Um, but there's some people you have to help break out of their shell. Um, not, you know, just because they're quiet doesn't mean that they're bad for the group. It just means that it takes a little while to open up. And so I'm kind of curious what maybe your approaches have been to those people, especially in an environment that might be a little more, um, you know, rap songs and things like that. When, you know, they walk in the door, they might not realize that that's what yoga is here. Because I remember we went to a place in San Fran where it was like crazy. They were like having us do dance. Oh, stuff. LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah, yoga sculpt like, class. He was yeah. like, oh, yeah. He was like, this is yoga sculpt. Uh, it's going to be very different. We're like, okay, I'm sure. And like, <laughs> it was heated and it was sculpt. Imme oh, yeah, immediately nice. it was just like, no kick, no kick, no kick. And I was like, holy God, what's happening? And like, yeah, in, in like that situation, it's like I didn't have time to think, so I had to open up really quickly. Um, but I'm kind of curious what other sort of things maybe uh, help people open up. Well, I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. You're kidding. No. Seriously? No, for real. Yeah. No way. Absolutely. So, <laughs> like, doing this, yeah. yeah, is really challenging for me, but it's something that I, like, tr I try to do more of because it's something I can always work on. Uh, but, no, I was always very quiet, for sure. Um, and I think that just holding space for people to, like, be quiet and just observe is cool you know like I know that if I walk into a class and maybe I'm not like the center of the conversation or even like involved in the conversation but just to be around people who acknowledge that you're there and don't really care whether you offer anything but just like like to be in that space with you I think is enough for an introvert I know that for me that makes me feel very valuable like if I'm just hanging out with like two of you you guys are having conversation but I get to listen and maybe I don't like add very much in but just like being part of that group um I think is is great for introverts you know and then to also with introverts I think that the one-on-one -on -one conversation is pretty powerful um I think that group conversation can be really uncomfortable to stand and like be the one speaking to like 12 people so to maybe have like one person talk to them because they may or may not open up but just to have that space where it's it's okay to be that way you know we're not like asking them to be the center of attention we're not asking them to be like like Bradshaw or like Raj you know or just like just allowing them to be as they are <laughs> right 
right? And I think for introverts, that attention. can be, you know, that could be enough She's for that. She's talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I did say that's what I'm working on. Remember, I did say that's what I'm working on. It's just like... <laughs> I, yeah, I feel that. I think um, even on top of that, I think it's also about um, kind of understanding. And this is what I know practicing yoga regularly has taught me is like, you know, there are some days where I'm like, I feel really good in there. And I'll, you know, I'll get my head stand or handstand up for like a second and a half, whereas before it was like a second, right? And. I have had to like tell myself, but it doesn't matter that the person next to me isn't doing that because I have no idea when they started practicing and how often they practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing like everyone's at a different skill level or I know it's skill level, which is everyone's starting point or where they are at in their progress and practice is vastly different. Absolutely. So I had to like I had to like tell myself get zero joy out of being quote unquote better than someone else at this. Because I also know, like, I look, it took a while for me to not look like a fool doing this stuff, too. Like, you know, the other studios I'd go to, and I'd get into class, and I'd be like, holy crap, down dog is tiring. That's a hard pose. <laughs> you know, and, I, and like, in that case, like, someone else was way better than me in class, or better, air quote, better than me in class. And just through doing this regularly now, I get my own fulfillment out of being like, yeah, I improved my own practice, but it doesn't matter where I am compared to anyone else. So that's been huge for me and to, to be an introvert, whether it's that or whether it's public speaking or anything that's going on, you have an idea where, how many hours someone else has put into this or just because you're in the same space doesn't mean you're all at the same skill level. Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, introverts are needed. You know, I think that both introverts and extroverts, you know, that's really powerful. Like, cause that's one of the things that I think as an introvert has been really wonderful is the, like the ability to really listen and to ask good questions. Like, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where like, I really haven't said much of anything, but ask the right question. And they've gotten to a place where they're like, Oh my God, like, like my life has changed that was you you know I'm just asking I'm just listening and asking questions and I think that like you said like we're all different like we're all skill level different all of our bodies are different our backgrounds are different our personalities are different and we need that like what would it be like if everybody was the same like that would be pretty boring you know be a cult (laughs) yeah yeah just embrace just embrace the differences (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's wonderful to embrace everyone's differences yeah, you know. Well, and I think that's kind of like the the yogic, yogic, yogi. Yeah. <laughs> yogi mindset is like everyone is as they are. Um, and then you can you can still encourage people to improve, but with the understanding that some people will naturally do it at a faster rate. Some Absolutely. people will take longer, and it doesn't matter at what rate. As long as they're getting what they need to out of it, right? Absolutely. Like expecting someone to jump up to whatever level the quote community is at, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole point of community is that you have everyone from every kind of level, yeah. right? And um, it's different than being like on varsity or something. Like everyone on varsity is supposed to be at a certain level at least. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember in LA, I went to my one and only CrossFit ever, and the guy just completely retooled the entire thing just for me. Like everyone else was doing the 
the day's thing, but he knew I'd never done it before. So he was like, here's your whiteboard, here's the other whiteboard, you know, whenever you want to go a little harder, go a little harder, but just, you probably should just stick with what you're, what you can handle right now based off of, you know, what you've told me. And I was like, whereas when I did football, the reason I hated it so much was because I walked in and I couldn't do what the other people were doing. I'm, I'm like a 170 pound guy on a line going against a 350 pound dude who literally picked me up and said, <laughs> good try. Um, and I'm supposed to like get to that level somehow yeah. when I've never lifted a weight. And it's, it's very interesting just kind of see how I left that um, CrossFit place like, hell yeah, I, would, I mean, I, we're leaving LA, so I'm never going to come back. But if I was still in LA, I would go back to that place because they understood and they were like, all right, so next time if you come back, there's this kind of class and here's these kinds of things and just being like tailoring it for the different people as well and not just doing a one size fit all I think is really important yeah absolutely it becomes tough in I think specifically in sports it becomes tough to have that approach which is why like we've said this before but like the difference between let's say yoga and any other sport is it's always called a practice it's not like a yoga game you go to right right you don't win at any point right there's also you can, and everything else is there's a winner and there's yeah, a loser like, you brought the team down. Yeah. So it, it, I, I think it has to exist in some arenas because they have to create competition and weed out, like, like football's a very, like, machismo sport, right? Okay. So they have to weed out, like, who's not going to help us win this game and who, who is going to help us win this game. Well, which is why I'm so different from you because I was always drawn to, um, like, long-distance running because there's literally no, like, I could get completely lost and be fine running yeah. by myself and that's all good. And so, yeah. <laughs> So how have you kind of designed your, the growth of your community and you know, bringing in teachers to like take care of all those different levels? So one of the things that I do is we don't have, a lot of studios will break things down like level one, level two, level three, depending on your abilities, and we don't do that here. So we have classes that are tailored to more beginners, basics, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, our more advanced, I guess if you would call them that, students um, can't come. The seasoned students. Thank you. Much better word. Yes. <laughs> the seasoned students can't come to those classes. But that's something that, like, if somebody walks in, they're like, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, if you can make it to one of these basis classes, start there. But at the same time, if some, something else, like, sounds great to you, come. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that I think is different about our studio than maybe some of the other places you'll go to is we'll never make you feel bad for, like, opting out of something you know uh, I remember I had a class and 15 minutes in a man in the back went into shavasana we had 45 minutes left of class and he laid in shavasana for 45 minutes and it was you know I was like are you doing okay after class he's like yeah that's just exactly what I need I just needed to lay down <laughs> I was like cool man that's awesome no one bothered him like no one like you know like what are you doing never any of that and so like we have people come in for the first time and it's an intense style of yoga you're it's vigorous it's hot in there they're not used to it and they need to take more rest than others but it's something that is never frowned upon at all that might have helped in la because i think we both limped home after that <laughs> <laughs> the yoga sculpt yoga sculpt is something else is <laughs> i was like this is a plie <laughs> It sounds so much more delicate. <laughs> looks so different on stage. Yeah. But that also, what that does too, and you saying that, what I've realized is, because when I first started coming here, and again, it's like all levelers are welcome to all classes, right? So I like can see like what's the aspirational level, 
and where I'm at. And it's going to make me be like, all right, well, that's what I'm working towards. Instead of if everyone in the class is like beginner level, I don't like necessarily see like what's the potential end result of doing this pose right now. Sure. Um, and vice versa for more advanced people or seasoned people, they can be like, well, it's okay for me to go back to the basics and, and just not, I don't have to be like the best every time. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Okay. At one level you're at, the basics are always important. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah. I love basics classes. They're yeah. one of my favorites to take, actually. Yeah. It's so nice. Well, that's why, yeah, I try to, I, I try to, like, once a week, like, take, like, the, the, what's the name of the class? The one where it's just, like, it's focusing on holding the poses more. Oh, like a slow burn? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll like, try and, like, get one of those in a week, because I'm, like, Good. I need to, like, make sure I get the foundations right and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk a little more to, like, alignment and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that is always important to remember is yoga is not all about the asana, right? So the asana is what I think here in the West we focus most on, um, is like hitting the poses perfectly or um, maybe advancing to that like next level of like holding handstand for like two minutes or whatever. But I think that it's really important that we remember if we get to that place, are we going to be a better person? Like, if you nail handstand, you can still be an asshole, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. Can you make a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'll buy that I shirt love that. <laughs> right? And so, then i make you wear it like that. So we have to really consider, like, wh- yeah. how are we moving forward? Like, how are we truly advancing in our practice? Because, you know, the asana is... The point of it is to get us into a state of mind where then we can sit and we can meditate, right? That's like traditionally why we've Or according to daybreak to make privileged people look good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that like I know I try to do and this, several of my speak that my teachers do speak to is is that whole idea of like don't attach to the pose, right? Like in the end of the day, it's not really about the outcome, but it's about like this journey that you're on and that you're perfect whether you can hold down dog for two seconds or three minutes you know it's it's not all about the final pose yeah mm-hmm. no that, yeah that's totally true and I that's and that's why I, I keep coming back I think right because there's always something to work on I mean I come back for many reasons but like in terms of the exercise of it there's always something to work on and like even like it, there's always a point in the week where I'll get knocked down a few pegs because of being in class in a good way sure. I mean, you know like Humbling. Like recently, I've been like, man, like I have like I feel like I was better at handstands like a month ago than I am right now. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, shit, I gotta do work on my core more. Um, core more. <laughs> better than core less. Um, and then on top of that, like even if I times that I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm really happy with how I landed that pose. I'll be like, wait, but was my breathing intact while I was doing that? No. Okay, so I gotta go back and work on that the next time around. And that's where, and I think it, it, it all just kind of like fuels into one another, both me and like my individual self there, but then also other people in the class. Like if they're not able to do like down dog to crow or they are, and they're doing it again, air quote, better than me, it gives me this like different perspective of like, where am, where am I in my own practice? And instead of looking at like competitively, I'm like, well, what do I need to tweak to make sure I'm getting the most out of this? Mm-hmm. Because I can see other people doing it too. 
Well, and I think that's what's so different about those classes that are so sterile and like the second the class is over everyone's back off at work or something yeah. like that which you gotta kick people out of this place I know you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, popping the floor <laughs> well and that's what's so different because um, you know since we did that podcast about with uh, the down the long border um, uh, yeah Marie yeah Marie, Marissa. Uh, Marissa and since we did that I bought a longboard and I've been at home just practicing like very very tiny basic kind of things like can I balance on my left leg on this board going down a slight slope yeah like super super tiny things that like when I originally bought a skateboard when I was a little kid of course I just was like I can't ollie now I'm like well of course you have to build up strength in your leg and it's the same it's basically just doing yoga on wheels uh, in certain <laughs> which respects which is a whole new level of yoga yeah which would actually be really cool anyway um but one of the things like listening to Marissa talk about is she she's like you know I met these people who did it and then they all just helped me, and it was this great community, and they were all awesome, and then I found out I loved it, and then I got better at it, so I found out I loved it more, and so on and so forth. Whereas, I've not met anyone else in Chicago who's even remotely interested in skateboards. I've talked to you a little bit about, like, I went down a hill yesterday, and you're like, uh-huh. I did that in the Tony Hawk yeah. video game. <laughs> and, like, I've, I, I noticed that, like, even being someone who's, like, you know, it's great to just run on your own, and I, that's kind of how I learn and how I love to do things. Um, having a group to talk about the thing you're interested in is so important because uh, that's what happened the first time I did yoga I loved it and for a year and a half I did it but I never talked to anyone else who did yoga because there was no one in my circle that did yoga yeah. and then of course you pick it up after I stop but um, <laughs> you come back yeah, I'm I always will. here uh, I think I already have to buy a pack yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the things where it's like now that I'm at the point where I'm comfortable on a board, I'm like looking around like, okay, who, if I see someone, anyone I know that has a long board, I'm going to go talk to them. Like I need to figure out, um, and I even looked for like shops and there's like nothing in Chicago. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's you got to be in Portland. So yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the thing. I think there's so much importance um, when you do find that community to like really try to become a part of it because, um, you know, we all have these interests and they will die out if it's just you for the most part. Like, yeah. if you don't find people to connect with and talk about with, um, I remember when I first trained for the marathon, the only person I had talked about it with was my family because I was living at home, and the only thing that they would say is, really, why are you doing this? And like, you know, it's if, if you don't have a reason and you don't have people to talk to that keep you pumped and energized when it gets hard, you're gonna give up. Yeah. Because it's going to get hard, and, and that's kind of the thing. Yeah. It's kind of like the warrior two that you were talking about, like the six minute hold. Like, you know, even though you, maybe you're not talking to one another, but you're sharing that experience. Yeah. with each other and then after class I have no idea if you talked about it or not I'm guessing I ended up talking about it in the point. workshop we talked the next night yeah. actually yeah. but no yeah I remember right. like Jolene and I I was like I was like good job girl like, you know, like, right <laughs> absolutely so you just share that experience yeah. together yeah well that's what like um, like pointing at longboards in the street <laughs> yo no. no you let's go ruin that car who <laughs> uh, like a bro never mind <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what I think is so interesting about like Everyone makes fun of the CrossFit mentality, and I have definitely have before as well. Like, how do you? What's the joke? It's like, I know someone does CrossFit because they never stop talking about CrossFit, right? But then I'm how like, do you know Raj does yoga. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, but isn't it amazing that they've found something they love so much that yeah. they just want to talk about that and find other people who also talk about that? And that uh, that's a pretty amazing thing when you think about it. And that whole idea behind CrossFit is it's like it is like a group thing. Right not really meant to be done in your living room or in your basement. Right, yeah. Well, because aren't you competing a lot with one another in CrossFit? 
think you go to CrossFit class, Games, I think. But, yeah. No, but the classes are like, I think it's like circuits, right? It's circuits. Circuits, yeah. okay. So, like, you're technically, like, it's the same as, like, holding the pose for six yeah. minutes or whatever. It's, like, technically you're looking next to you and other people are doing it, so it energizes you to do it more. Totally. But I, I would also say it's probably case by case. Like, everyone, every studio is probably trying to find this studio in the yoga practice world. It's, like, you have to find a studio that fits your personality. Otherwise, they're going to, like, push you too hard or they're not going to adjust it. The one I went to in L.A., my friend was, like, you're going to enjoy this because they have a very specific mindset when it comes to CrossFit. Similar to what you're saying about therapy. Yeah. Very cool. We need to wrap up. We've hit our hour. Okay. Uh, Before we do, uh, Robin, where can our listeners find you, find the studio? You want to say about what's going on here? Yeah. So we're located in the West Loop. We're at Cross Streets of Morgan and Monroe. Exact address is 1006 West Monroe. Come on by. Um, for bring your dog. Bring, yeah, bring your dog. We got treats. <laughs> <laughs> we offer a great new student deal. Um, so your first time you come in, you get the option of doing 30 days of yoga for $30. Um, so I highly recommend that because it's 18 to drop into a class. So just come twice in a month and you're good. <laughs> um, and like we've been talking about, all of our teachers are wonderful and unique. Um, and the space is really pretty special. So we invite anyone, whether you've done yoga or not, to come in. And having traveled the country, going to different yoga studios, we can vouch that we have not seen a better deal around most right. of the country than $30 for 30 days. It's the, true. The closest one was $35, and I think that was even for two weeks. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they sold sandwiches. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That was Yoga Pearl in, uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Portland. Very cool. With uh, Margot. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, and then, like, online. Uh, oh, website. yeah. <laughs> www.barefeetpoweryoga.com. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, and we'll look, link up to all those in the show notes. Um, so, to wrap up, then, uh, we'll start how with Martin. How do you build a strong community? And we'll close with you, Robin. Perfect. Martin, how do you build a strong community? Um, I think that you build a strong community by understanding where people are at and accepting them for both their personality and their skill level. I think you build a strong community by starting with one person who you want to help. Not only starting there, but not forgetting that that one person existed once you gained attraction or whatever you want to call it, because that helps you preserve what you were going for in the first place. Is Ben our one person? No, I think, no, like what I would say for us, like we have people who read our material, our emails and stuff who were there from the start, right? And they're never going to unsubscribe, and I'm, I'm grateful for them. Uh, you better not. <laughs> but, you know, like, they've been with us from the start. Like, maybe they took, like, the first workshop we ever yeah. taught, right? And they're, they're lifers now, and it's awesome. Oh, yeah, salute. Yeah. Cool. And I would say that I think the people are the most important aspect of a strong community. And, um, one, finding and attracting the right people, and, two, loving everyone and accepting everyone for who they are. Um, and not this like mold that we think we should fit in. Awesome. Robin French, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, namaste. Yeah, namaste. And we'll clap. Speak honestly.
That wrapped up our conversation with Robin French. Robin, thank you for joining us and sharing your wisdom around building communities and all the things you've accomplished so far in your life. If you want to find Robin, if you want to go to Bare Feet Power Yoga, check the show notes, but the website is barefeetpoweryoga.com. Again, they have the best intro student deal in the country. $30 for 30 days. I better see you there practicing yoga alongside me some point soon. If you like this episode, the best compliment you can give us is leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. All you got to do is just click on the show within iTunes, leave a rating for us, write us a review, and help more people find this show so they can discover their inner awesome. That wraps up this episode of Discover Your Inner Awesome. Thank you again to Robin French. For Martin McGovern, I am Raji Nathan. Until next time, we'll see you.